This episode is brought to you by Classical Conversations. To find out more, please visit classicalconversations.com. Cross Politic begins in three, two, one. Stop a heart that breaks for a dying city. Stop cursing your future. <laughs> is not true. For all intents and purposes, I am a woman. No government, no political system has ultimate supremacy. Jesus is King of Kings, and it's about time our nation returned in humble submission to His Lordship. You are not protecting women. You are authorizing the destruction of 500,000 little women every year. Oh, that's, I didn't start uh, it. But sir, sir, with all due respect, that's the argument of a five-year-old. I didn't start it. Right, when the Spirit comes upon people, they go to war. They go to battle, and the enemies of God are driven back, and they're slaughtered. You are listening to Cross Politic with Gabe Wrench, the Waterboy, Pastor Toby Sumter, and the Chocolate Knox. Hello, y'all. Welcome to Cross Politic. It snowed this past week, and we're still in Moscow, Idaho. We're here. Which means the snow will melt faster. <laughs> Hopefully. David, I'm so ready for spring. I, what, what did I, you do? I'm, I'm still laughing. I'm still laughing. <laughs> Show the camera. I'm still Show laughing. I'm still laughing. <laughs> if, you, if you did not see this, yeah. if you did not see this. On the Facebook page. Yeah. I have been a very bad black <laughs> <laughs> so we did a I, show, and after the show, we were I, really excited about it. And we I, were. I went to go fist bump you, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and you just <laughs> gear shifted me. Yeah. But mm. you posted that. Mm. When is it, what day did you post that? I can't remember. But I, I've been laughing since. I'm responsible I, for for you knowing uh, better than to do that. And yeah. it's my I, look. Yeah. I. But that look it's my on fault. your face. It, it, oh, there was a moment of pure it's, shock. It's beautiful. <laughs> it's beautiful. It's like, like what just happened? Yeah, it's like I, shock and, and, and like sadness. And I'm trying to cover it up too. Yeah, I'm trying to yeah. not let you see <laughs> that I'm hurt by this. You know, like and so I don't want to offend oh, man, you. And I'm, I'm like great. I'm working hard. That's great. So, okay. so hey, we got a couple things. We got Paul Taylor. Coming, coming up? up on the show, man. Only believe. You guys gotta check out oh. it's it's the Saint Mount St. Helens Institute dot com dot org. Oh, come on. And he has a book on apologetics, Only Believe. So we got him coming up on the show. Also, um, for our viewers, we have people, um, or companies that we partner with, um, products that we partner with, have them on, uh, and, and, and we want to bring to you guys people that we kind of trust, we kind of believe, we kind of are grateful for their partnership with us. And so um, Classical Conversations, is, we've already talked about them in the past. Um, but they're going to be a year-long partner with us in what we're doing here. Right. So at for home, like homeschoolers, yes. If you are looking for some kind of network, yeah, some kind of community, classical conversations is something to check out. And that's that's one of my favorite things about classical conversations. The CEO Robert Bortons, he's been great working with us, and we're excited to kind of be helping them um, and introducing them to our audience. So. Um, you know, check them out, classicalconversations.org. You know, you'll hear them in our show. You'll see them in our emails and so forth. But they're going to be with us for a year um, and partnering there's, with there's us. there's chapters so. all over the country yes. all, yeah. in, in many different communities. So you can yeah. check them out, see if there's one in your area. Um, if you're a homeschooling family or maybe you are thinking about homeschooling or – They're a good resource. You know, check, Man, it out. check it out. They've got, they've got a community, uh, a structure, yep. uh, a curriculum. Yeah, and it's a way to be encouraged because homeschooling is 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 it's hard, hard work. It's hard. Yeah. Don't do it by yourself. No, no. I mean, and, <laughs> you know, uh, Christian education is a is a community effort. It's and, a requirement. And, and yeah. so, uh, yeah, check out classicalconversations.org. Yeah. So, thank you. Check them out. 
Uh, and I'd say one other thing to that, I, I because of my job with CrossPolitik and because of my job with New St. Andrews, I actually get to go and talk to a lot of the chapters. I was just in California last week um, talking to some chapters. I, they're good people. Yeah. They're, oh, they're, yeah. They're good people that are part of these yeah. co-ops and there's the Christian right. co- conversations and everything. So, um, And we just talked to a, a friend today. Yes, right. In Connecticut. Pennsylvania. He said Pennsylvania. Dan right. Andros. Dan right? Andros from yeah. Faithwire, um, whose kids are part of Classical Conversations. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. So it's awesome. It was great. Huge community. So, there you go. All right. So uh, check that out. Um, let's get into some cross-politic news. We know that media educates. Media is education. Right. Um, but, the, but the problem is, is one of the reasons why our media is so preachy and so... Um, uh, uh, wanting to proclaim the truth is because our churches don't want to proclaim that, that same truth with the same fervor. Mm. We're far more um, loose and wishy-washy with God's word than the media is with their own narrative. Uh. And let me, let me bring this clip from a pastor in Maryland um, community church. What's his name? Um, I'll have to look that up. Don't, oh. don't do that to me. I'm sorry. Uh, Maryland community <laughs> I just, I just church. thought if you had a clip. No, no, I should. That's my fault. Here we go. Everybody wants to to move ahead, but nobody wants to pay the price for it. So listen, somewhere we're going to have to put mission ahead of preferences. I'm 48, I'm looking at 50 on the horizon, and I'm telling you, in this church that I have the privilege of leading, we're doing things that I really don't like. (laughs) We got to just stop right there. Okay, I'm I'm going to look on that with some grace. Give him a little grace. In this church, I have the privilege of leading... We're doing some things I don't like. Every okay. every pastor has done things it, that they don't like in order sure. to disciple their congregation somewhere better down the road. Everybody, so, so where's this going? I'm, I'm not looking at you. Where, uh, where, I'm just saying. Where's this going? <laughs> I'm just saying. Where's this going? <laughs> anyway, so give them the benefit okay. of the doubt. It's not my preference. So they're going like, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Calm down. Because if it were up for me, we'd light some candles, put an acoustic piano and an acoustic guitar, sing some Matt Redman like we used to do back in the day and let Jesus show up. Because that's how it's done. (laughs) And if we continue to do that, younger people are going to continue to roll in here and say like, I don't know what's happening there. I mean, they seem to be doing a good thing, but there's this disconnect between the Jesus that I know and the Jesus that I want to experience. So you're going to continue. I don't, I don't even understand that. Comment. Oh, wait, I'm just kind of confused right now. Matt Redman is old now. Yeah. Like, when I got, I mean, I guess I'm, that means I'm old now. Who, who's Matt Redman? <laughs> oh, okay, Toby. <laughs> Keep going. Continue to see ministries and go like, what? You need to know it's for a younger generation that we're going after. Not, not at the cost of you at all. There's an sure. invitation for you to join us of seeing the greatest things that we've ever seen in people going from the mat to the house. That means that you're going to look at you and say, that's not my preference. I don't really like that. Why that? Why the smoke? Why this? Why the lights flashy, flashy? Why this? Why, do- <laughs> why the smoke in <laughs> the church? Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> the lights flashy, flashy. <laughs> Oh, man. And so he goes on to talk about kind of church music and how it's going to be louder and how the bass is going to be hitting harder because that's what the next generation likes. That's their preference. Let me fast forward real quick to the – let me get the right mark here. So we – um One of the things uh, – Okay, here we go. And uh, here's his solution. I'll wait. I'll wait. Here's his solution. Oh, okay. Smart aleck in this. Okay, got to hear me. I'm, I'm going to have fun with it, but I'm not being a smart aleck. Okay, if it's too loud, we have something for you. Okay? These are earplugs. There you go. That's right. I'm offended now. Well, hang on, sister, because it's going to get worse, okay? (laughs) Listen, 
I, I get that you're like, man, that's just too loud. Here's the thing. Give me grace. Give me grace in this, but I'm going to speak truth, but give me grace. <laughs> Typically, older people will complain about volume. Being too loud. Older people will complain about being too loud. Younger people will never complain about it being too soft. They'll just disengage and leave. In, okay, you know, there's a, um, I think it's called, uh, I can't remember the name of the movie right now. Um, Dark Tower was the name of the film, okay? It's not a great movie, but it was the name of the movie. Uh, Idris Elba was in it. It was, <clears throat> I, I liked it, okay? I liked it. All right. So, so Dark Tower, he's, he comes from this old world ancient world where they respected their fathers, their forefathers before them. And he comes into this new modern world and he's on a bus and he sees this girl who's dressed very provocatively and has makeup on that's just caked on, very scantily dressed. Yeah. And he looks at her and he says, you forgot the face of your father. Ooh. Huh. And when I'm listening to this guy mm -hmm. talk, there are elders and mm -hmm. people who have come before us that we should are taught by the word of God to respect and honor and, and honor. And he's forgotten the face of his fathers. Mm -hmm. To yeah. the, I mean, and you look through Titus, and he's telling the older women to disciple and teach the younger women and teach them how to be and how to act with their husbands and their children. And, and he's saying, look, what we need to do is switch that around and put the preference to teach on the youngers to you older folks. They got something to say to us. They got, they got to teach yeah. us how to do this now. Yeah. The, the, the principle, the thing he says at the beginning, he's, he says that we need to put mission ahead of preference. Yeah, right. And uh, actually, I agree with that. Sure. The problem is, is that we need principles. He, he articulated no principles. That's right, that's it was right. just... Well, he did, just, actually. Well, the, the, the principle... <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, 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 you're right, you're right. He did. <laughs> the principle that he ends up articulating is the principle of the preference of the young people. That's right. That's, that's the principle. Right. That's right. what. That's the driving principle. Rather than... Um, you're going you're gonna to make the kids the standard? Yeah. Yeah. Um, right. I mean, think about this. How does this work out in the Shannon household? How does this work out in the Wrench household? Mm -mm. You know, you make the kids the standard. No, 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 my, no. You know, like my, my house runs like a dictatorship. Mom, I don't want. <laughs> it don't work. It don't work like that. I, I want cereal <laughs> what, for dinner. What, what could possibly go wrong, <laughs> yeah, right? If you yeah, know, yeah, I want yeah. candy now. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Right? It's your preferences. I don't want you to disengage. Right. What are you teaching a kid when you when you do everything they want? Mm -hmm. You're teaching them that they are the center of the universe. Yeah. Wow. Right. Yeah. That mm -hmm. their preferences are the standard. That yeah. you're teaching them that that's what is the standard of happiness. Yeah. I mean, why do kids throw fits at Walmart? Because they're not getting what they yeah. want. Because it works. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, that's Cause, right. Because, you know, because, right. yeah. you know. In my house. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> right. In, in a Christian household, in a household that is governed by the word of God, and Proverbs says, you know, that foolishness is bound up in the heart of the child, but the rod will drive it far from him. Yeah. That's going to happen one time. <laughs> that's, that's right. That's going to happen yeah. one time. Yeah. Right? And I remember when my kids were little, you know, my wife knew that, like, hey, if something happened in the grocery store, leave the cart. Yeah. Walk out. Go home. Call me. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to take care of this. Yeah. yeah. Right? But why? Because I love my kids. That's right. right. That's right. Because I love them. And, and that's I, right. That's what love looks like, That's what though. love looks like. And yeah. I'm going to teach them, though, that the universe does not revolve around them. That's right. Right? God is our God. That's right. right? So, and so, his so, word is our standard. And that's not so loving. So circle this back into um, how would you handle this as a, as a pastor going to talk to another pastor right. and, and saying, man, you aren't loving your right. children you, in your church when you do this. You are condemning your church 
to perpetual adolescence. That's right. Oh, man. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Right? Yep. That's uh, right. By doing this. And, and it's folly. Yeah. It's foolishness. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so you got to go and, 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 and you, you say, brother, um, you have to have standards. Yeah. yeah. I mean, where's this going? Yeah. I mean, little, little, little Johnny, you know, screaming and kicking his feet in the, in the grocery store because he wants the, the candy. Yeah. Um, you know, the people, uh, kicking and screaming in whatever way they want to say, I want the flashy, flashy lights and the smoke machines. Yeah. And whatever the, the yeah. heavy yeah. base is. <laughs> the shiny, shiny. The yeah. shiny, shiny. But, but where's it going? Yeah. This well, is, so uh, let me, let me take this to the next, the next clip I have right here. Yeah. But what happens when when Johnny says, "I want to wear girls' underwear"? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well, what are you going to say? Yeah. Well, you've, you've you've developed that. You've helped create that. Right. You know your preference. Yeah. And another thing too, <laughs> yeah. just before you jump, man, okay. this is a form of idolatry. This is a form of idolatry, mm-hmm. and the reason that is is because God has a way that He wants to be worshipped, right. and He's told you how to worship Him. And every time you look in the Scripture and you see people worshiping God outside of the way that He wants them to worship Him, He kills them. Yeah. You don't throw no lights and no mirrors up and no smoke up and think that that's the way God has told you. He gave you a way to worship him. And anything outside of that is false worship. Well, and, and, and the thing is, is that it, you use the word mirrors, which is really great. Thank because, you. Yeah, it's really great. Yeah. No, never mind. No, let's no, not no. do that. Let's not do that on camera. Uh, mi- mir- <laughs> Stop. Stop. <laughs> this is the problem. This is the problem, though. Yeah. When, when we make preferences the standards, what are we worshiping? We're worshiping ourselves. Yes. Yes. people. Man, That's right. it We're worshiping center. ourselves. Yep. That's right. We are the standards. And so right. the mission eats itself. That's yeah. right. What did you save them to? Yeah. Nothing. Themselves. To themselves. <laughs> you right. got them nowhere. They, they had that already. And, <laughs> and the irony yeah. is he's presenting this. I mean, it's it's terrible. He's presenting yeah. this as a way to save the kids. Yeah. yeah. No. This is the way to lose them. Exactly. The right. way to lose them. Why, why would you want to stick around for mirrors? Right. So I tweeted, me. so I took this, I took this and I tweeted it uh, about this guy and I, about this pastor and what he said. And I said, congratulations. You just used the transgender argument for church worship Ooh. to justify your church worship. That's exactly yeah. what you said. Right. And, and I got in trouble a little bit on, on Facebook for that. But actually that's, that, that was, that, that, what's going on is far more real in the church. Yeah. We got, we got, the church is already doing this. Listen yeah. to this clip. The ceremony will happen this weekend at a church in New Jersey. A pastor who was born a woman but last year came out as transgender will be renamed Peter. The community at St. Matthew Trinity Lutheran Church could not be more oh, supportive. Mm. Eyewitness news reporter. You know, you know, you know, you know what that pastor was trying to do. She was trying to become more qualified as a male pastor. <laughs> Uh, yeah no that's bad joke bad joke but But, all they're doing is taking their preference right and placing it above god and saying i want to be a male now and the church is celebrating it yeah we're teaching the world we're discipling look pastor of maryland community church how do you say no one way or another we're going to disciple the world either we're going to disciple them to the transgender setup this whole preference set up, or we're going to disciple them to Jesus. Right. And so we've discipled them. No wonder the world is doing this. Look right. what we're doing in the church. Yeah, we've been doing this for decades. Exactly. I mean, so, so I mean, decades ago, we st- or when we started going soft and wobbly on what the word of God says. Mm-hmm. Right? We, we've been do- we were doing this with premarital sex. Yep. We were mm-hmm. doing this with um, alcohol and drunkenness. Women we were doing preachers? this with women preachers. Yep. We were doing this with no-fault divorce. Mm-hmm. The church was not disciplining it's members. That's yep. right. Right, and we we continued to have uh, men in office, elders and pastors yep. whose mm-hmm. kids had rebelled and and were apostate. Yep. Um. So we disregarded God's word. Right. And many times, why? For the sake of reaching people. Yeah. For the mm-hmm. sake of loving people. Yeah. Right. And yep. so we 
we are salt and light. Yeah. And the world followed suit. That's yeah. right. That's you know, exactly I like right. I like Doug's, Doug's comment on this. He says that women were in the pulpit long before they were an F sixteen firefighter. That's exactly right. right? Yeah, it, it, it's like before they were yeah. doing something that we view as wrong, not good, not right. biblical, um, and fighting right. in the military, right. being our front lines. They were in the pulpit. Yeah, we told them first that we did not fear God. Oh man, mm. in the church, the, yeah. right? In the church, yeah. we said we do, right. yeah we are not afraid of God. That, that God will not strike us dead. Yeah, for, we, we proved it. Oh, and, and and then the world said. Ah, Cool. All right, I guess it's I guess it's okay. Yeah. So we'll put our our, our daughters in combat, mm-hmm. and we will will allow these perversions, these abominations to proliferate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. That's love. That's kindness. That's how you reach the kids. Yeah. By pandering to their preferences. Right. Yeah. Right. That's right. And and, and, and this th- and the thing is is that this this you know she, the the announcer actually said she was born a, a woman, woman. Right. So God has been catechized. God created her. As a woman. Yeah. Yeah. God created her as a woman. But when you lose the doctrine of creation, right? Mm-hmm. When, when you say, mm-hmm. you know, there's no God who created us. The world came from no, just random mutations. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Then there's nothing wrong with random mutations. Yeah. Yep. And bringing that up, we have Paul Taylor there you go. coming on the show next segment. Yeah. Presuppositions yeah. matter. Yeah. It matters. Only believe. We're going to talk about what he's doing and what's happening with uh, him in, in Seattle. Yeah, it's Mount, well, St. Mount St. Helens is yeah. uh, it's he, a he hangs out in a yeah. volcano in a volcano. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He hangs out yeah. in a volcano. Yep. So we're going to talk about that a little bit. Creationism with him next yeah. on Paul, Cross Politics. Paul versus the volcano. After this. <laughs> <laughs> Classical Conversation supports homeschooling parents by cultivating the love of learning through a Christian worldview in fellowship with other families. We provide a classical, Christ-centered curriculum, local, like-minded communities across the United States and in several countries, and we train parents who are striving to be great classical educators in the home. For more information and to get connected, please visit our website at classicalconversations.com. Classical. Christian. Get connected. Get community. For 21 years and counting, New St. Andrews College has sought to obey Christ's great commission to disciple nations and build him a house. Not just in Jerusalem, but throughout the world. Not with stones and mortar, but with living stones. We build and fight. This is the task of a Christian liberal arts college, to equip students with the tools to build and fight. And this is our joyful task as we seek to graduate leaders who shape culture through wise and victorious living. To learn more, check us out online at nsa.edu. Welcome back to Cross Politic, y'all. And, uh, a good, a good day to you, man. Good this coffee is so good. Hey, thanks, thanks, David. Well, this you is know, good. we got know. snow in Moscow, and we so got we need our coffee, warm coffee. Yep. And with us on the line, we've got uh, Mr. Paul Taylor. Yes, we do. Um, who was born in uh, Lancashire? Ing- no. no. Oh, no, okay. Gabe. All right. I'm sorry. Uh, I think in in <laughs> England, Lancashire. I think it says. Um, and uh, he um he went to school. Uh, in Nottingham University, 
Nottingham. St- studied chemistry. He stayed on, got a certificate in education, his post-grad, and um, became a Christian. And he's been teaching for a long time, um, as you might imagine, in science. He, he worked for Answers in Genesis. Hey, Ken uh, In the UK. And then in 2011, moved to the United States to work for Creation Today. And now he and his wife are the directors of the Mount St. Helens Creation Information Center at Silver Lake, Washington. Wow. Um, and uh, he's married and has five children. And, and Hey, so, Paul, those kids baptized? <laughs> <laughs> well, some of them are. Uh, yeah. um, <laughs> actually, they all are. Uh, yeah. Oh, good, good, good. But, yeah. but you delayed that baptism for a little bit, though, didn't you? <laughs> uh, that, that wasn't my decision, brother. That was that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what? Because I love you, I'll leave that alone. But, uh, <laughs> now, um... The Mount St. Helens Creation Information Center. Um, Paul, um, tell us what you're doing there. What What is this all about? Um, how does a you know a gentleman like you from from England end up in Silver Lake, Washington, at the at the Mount yeah. St. Helens uh, Creation Center? How how what what are you doing there, and and uh, and how does it work? Well, the Mount St. Helens Creation Center is a, a small creation ministry, and uh, uh, folks listening to your program, we have actually moved the center. It's at Castle Rock in Washington, which is not okay. far from uh, where from Silver Lake, where you said, uh, but we have moved it, so we're in Castle Rock, right by the interstate. And uh, uh, the thing is that Mount St. Helens is fascinating to those of us who are creationists, because yeah. when it erupted in 1980, it produced a number of effects that uh, where the geology of the air, surrounding area changed rapidly in a matter of hours, in some cases days, weeks, and so on. And uh, those changes were the sort of changes that people normally expect to take millions of years. Mm. Uh, the effects were very similar on a small scale to what we would have expected to happen during the uh, global flood of uh, Genesis 6 through 8. Huh. And yep. so uh, that's uh, why people come here and uh, I take them on uh, excursions uh, to the volcano and show them lots of things uh, associated with the uh, the history in uh, 1980 and uh, uh, also about um, uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ and uh, explain to them how they can put their trust in uh, how they can trust the Bible from the very first verse hmm. and it's just a, it's just a great fun place to be and wow. to be able to work and to witness Paul can you give us an example yeah, um, of one of those some of you said you know, there's some of the effects of the volcano from 1980 have um, produced things that that modern scientists, many modern unbelieving scientists, would have expected to take millions of years. Can, yeah. Give us some examples of that. Well, there are hundreds. Let me try and give you just a, a couple of very quickly. Um, the, the pyroclastic flows from the volcano, which means sort of lots of dust blowing uh, uh, like a liquid across the landscape, that's settled out into layers and produced uh, um, about between 200 and 1,000 layers, 25 feet thick of layered rock. Um, and that, um, that took three hours to produce. The wow. reason why we can see those layers is because two years after the main eruption, there was a, um, a, a hot mud flow produced by the volcano, which gouged out a huge canyon, an enormous canyon, 100 feet deep in some places. It's like a 140th scale model of the Grand Canyon. Huh. And so you can see these layers inside there. That canyon opened up an entire river system, 
uh, and that river system took uh, just nine hours to uh, to, to build up. Wow. So uh, those two examples. One example is a little bit slower, but in my, many ways uh, more uh, more spectacular. Is uh, the uh, an area of debris close to the volcano, uh, which scientists, uh, being so clever, uh, said at the time will take a thousand years to uh, regrow has in fact regrown very quickly and 38 years on I can take people through thick woodland and uh, um, yeah. uh, little valleys and by, by streams and show them a, a wide diversity of uh, flora and fauna in the area that's regrown in just uh, 38 years not the not the thousand wow. years that they said it would take so those are the sort of uh, things we see uh, geological and biological things that we see and there's loads more I could go on for ages uh, that's, that's helpful so we're about we're about five or six hours away from Mount St. Helens. Right. We're we're um, yeah. five six hours east of Mount St. Helens, and I remember a number of people living in Moscow that are still here today. I remember talking to Doug, talking to Mark Lamaro, yeah. talking to yeah. a lot of our friends, and and they remember when Mount St. Helens blew that all the ash that came dropping down in here, Moscow in, in here Idaho. in yeah. Idaho, yeah. and and yeah. there was you know two or three inches. I mean it was like taking a snow shovel and plowing the sidewalks. Yeah. Um, brushing off the cars and everything. So, I mean, even Mount St. Helens had an impact just, you know, five hours away when it blew. Yeah. So, so I want to know, I'm, I've got a, one more I, a follow-up. I know we got a lot of things. you got a lot of things, no, too, no, don't no, you? No, no, he's, he's a friend. I've talked to him before. Yeah, you can so talk to him anytime. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. Hey, circle around. <laughs> I mean, I, I talk to people. I, I, I go on campus sometimes, and I'm talking to, to both non-Christians and sometimes Christians who are in the process of sliding. I mean, they're, they're, they're in the process of losing their faith because <clears> they've been told um, that the geological record is so certain that the geological record um, is clear. Um, even if the even if the fossil record is missing things, the geological record is rock solid, shall we say? Um, <laughs> and um, and <laughs> that it's it's, it's uh, you know that that it demands you know the radiocarbon dating, um, the the geological layers demand. Um, you know, millions and millions of years. Uh, how, how else could yeah. it have formed? How, yeah, how right. does how does Mount St. Helens um, respond to that? In uh, a large number of ways. First of all, there's the uh, the geological features that I've mentioned, and of course, uh, 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 conventional geology would suggest that 25 feet thickness of uh, rock layers ought to take millions of years to form. Um, I remember being in uh, in Edinburgh and uh, um, as, a, as a guest on a TV show that was filmed there, and uh, pointing out the uh, um, the, the uh, Abraham Seat rocks uh, outside the city, uh, which actually was studied by James Hutton, the man who invented the concept of millions of years. And yet we can see there's a clear creation explanation of them because you can see an erosion mark. And the erosion mark is smooth, going for uh, you know hundreds of feet, you know about a mile or so. And uh, that erosion mark is smooth, and smooth erosion cannot take even a hundred years. It's got to happen very fast. And right. so we assume that the erosion mark was uh, produced by the uh, currents of the flood. So what we've got really here at Mount St. Helens is a laboratory in miniature, so that you can see things that actually happened, uh, whereas mm. uh, the the standard 
conventional geological ideas are based on their um, presuppositions, false presuppositions of what they think happened um, millions of years ago. But we challenge those presuppositions because uh, um, my presupposition as I'm uh, explaining these things to people is that uh, God exists and that the Bible is true and therefore it, it's easy to interpret these things uh, with that background. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead, man. Why why is Christian scientist or kind of um, that genre, why have we been Cre kind of creation behind? science? Creation science. Not, not Christian, Christian scientist. Yeah, yeah, creation. That's, 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 that's a whole nother group. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> Christian scientist. <laughs> oh, my fault, my fault. Um, uh, why have we kind of been behind the eight ball a little bit and, and kind of um, telling this story and, and getting out kind of the Christian worldview in relationship to the scientific um, field? Many people are embarrassed. Uh, they're embarrassed by the Bible, and uh, and they shouldn't be. You know, wow. we start we start with the Bible. The Bible's God's word. Right. And, Amen. Uh, what many creationists have done, who are who are honest people, but they they have taken things from the wrong angle. What they've tried to do quite often is uh, pick out a lot of evidence to try and prove to people that the Bible is true, which is entirely the wrong way around, <laughs> because the Bible's true, whatever the evidence is that they, that they have. You're going to get us uh, Pentecostal you know, if you, over if here. If all you do is throw out evidence, then you, other people have evidence the other way around. What we should do is start with a, a presupposition that the Bible is true, and we interpret the evidence with regard to that, and we show that the, other, that the alternative presupposition uh, simply does not work. You know, Paul, that gets me right into what you're, you wrote a book. Not only are you giving tours of Mount St. Helen, but you also wrote a book. You're an author now, man. I didn't know you as an author. I'm so proud of you, man. This is amazing. <laughs> you need to go get the Only Believe by Paul Taylor. It's one of the things, man, this was probably one of the easiest books to read on presuppositionalism, and yet it Ooh. was very weighty. So, so our <laughs> listeners are like, presuppo what? Yeah, what is it? Yeah, explain this. What is presuppositionalism? Right. Well, did you recognize the name of the uh, gentleman who wrote the foreword? Some Saiten Bruggen Kitty. Some some <laughs> some northern Montana figure. Sai, yeah, sai. He, he comes from the frozen north. You know where yeah. that's funny. Um, we but, don't recognize uh, Canada. We call it northern Montana. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I've been uh, uh, thinking through the issue of uh, presuppositional apologetics for about, what, 12 years or so, and uh, when I came to the United States, I uh, was in, in Pensacola, and I met this uh, uh, strange Canadian gentleman, and I told him, you know, you need to write a book on uh, his ideas, because oh. he seems to be able to explain things very easily, and uh, um, so he said, yeah, that would be a good idea, it didn't come, so then I said, well, let's, uh, let's write one together, and it still didn't come, so eventually I wrote it. <laughs> <laughs> and put, uh, put the forward to it, but you know his his great gifting is to actually do the stuff, and this is the point. Yeah, and, right. um, you know, you watch his videos of how he witnesses on the street, and the whole point about presuppositional apologetics is we start with a presupposition. We recognise that everyone has a presupposition. It's basically Proverbs twenty six uh, evangelism in a sense, because uh, uh, you know we we're told not to answer a fool according to his folly, lest we be like him. So we make sure that we have our presupposition in place um, uh, so that we explain the evidence from that and then we uh, uh, the very next verse of course says answer a fool according to his folly uh, lest he be wise in his own eyes so then we sort of uh, uh, argue ad absurdum to show them that if you start from their presupposition that God does not exist and the Bible is not true then they have no explanation for knowledge they have no explanation for uh, intelligence, they have no explanation for uh, uh, conditions of intelligibility, uh, laws of science, laws of logic, laws of morality, 
and uh, that's basically where we start from. So that's presuppositional apologetics. It's the idea of making sure that we start with the correct presupposition, recognizing everyone has one, and that we have our correct presupposition is that the Bible is true. God exists and the Bible mm. is true. We explain everything from that, whereas standard classical apologetics has been to try and throw lots of evidence at people to prove right. that God exists. Yeah, not the God when the they Bible, do that, yeah. they're actually just proving that a God exists. Exactly. Right. And if they right. prove that a generic God exists, that's not the God of the Bible. So therefore, if it's not the God of the Bible, they must be proving an idol which is of no benefit Ooh. to anyone. Yeah. Yeah, and one of the things that when I first saw someone exercise, which is really sigh, exercise presuppositional apologetics, one of the things that caught me off guard was, what are you doing? You know, because I couldn't follow what he was doing. I was trying to figure out what is his system in order to get this person to come to the knowledge of the truth. And so it, it throws you back because they say, well, what, is that true? Is that true? And I, could, I got lost in the process of trying to see what was going on. But the person who he was talking to understood real quick yeah. <laughs> what was going on. And because I was yeah. so used to a form of you need to present a form of evidence to get them to bite on um, this presuppositional approach, not just in theory, but actual practical approach to witnessing um, took me off guard. And one of the things that when I when I sat down and had a chance to talk with Sai about this, I said, show me how to do this. And this is why I loved your book. The first chapter is just a knockout. You, the first chapter is only believe, which is actually the title of the book. Mm. And I couldn't get it. What do you mean only believe? Of course I believe the Bible. That's why I'm sitting here arguing for the Bible and the evidence is that I believe the Bible. But when you say only believe, you actually mean really, really believe. <laughs> Only believe uh, in the sense of don't do anything else other than believe, um, you know, and it's, it's based on uh, uh, that, that first chapter you're talking about. I'm looking at um, Mark's Gospel, chapter five and the parallel passage in Luke. Um, it's about uh, Jairus' uh, daughter and, uh, you know, Jairus has got some faith. Um, not not saving faith, but he's got some faith. He believes that Jesus is a great teacher. He believes that uh, Jesus could heal his daughter. He doesn't seem to have enough faith to believe that Jesus could raise the dead. And of course, that's a, a whole nother re uh, level of faith. <laughs> Uh, so he's anxious that Jesus will come to him. And, of course, uh, you then get uh, the passage that most um, preachers want to spend a lot of time on, probably quite rightly, but for a different reason. You know, you've got the woman with the issue of blood. But I wanted to concentrate on Jairus and the fact that while uh, Jesus is healing the woman with the issue of blood, and Jesus knew exactly what he was doing, I can imagine Jairus, if I can just sort of dare read between the lines, he's pacing up and down, you know, thinking, come on, Jesus, right. my daughter's dying. You know, right. it's about time we got on with uh, going to see her. And, of course, once they do set off, everything he fears happens. His friends come from the house and say, your daughter's dead. Don't trouble the teacher any further. Because, obviously, you know, the teacher can't raise the dead, can he? And Jesus, uh, of course, he, he says to him, um, uh, do not be afraid, only believe. That's the whole mm. point. Uh, he, he, Jesus is saying you don't, don't need to be afraid. Um, but the thing you need to do is only believe, nothing else. You know, Jesus could have given him lots of evidence. He could have said, you mm -hmm. look at what this uh, this woman who's been healed of this issue of blood, look at the fact that uh, other people have figured out for themselves that God could raise the dead. Abraham figured out for himself that God could raise the dead when he was about to sacrifice Isaac. There's all sorts of, and of course, you've got uh, two, uh, two prophets in the Old Testament uh, raising the dead, both uh, Elijah and Elisha mm -hmm. uh, raised children from the dead. Uh, but... Um, that's not what Jesus says. He says, do not be afraid, um, only believe. Yeah. And that's the whole point that uh, our um, 
what we need to do is only believe. You know, in Luke's gospel, it has three phrases. Do not be afraid, only believe, she will be made well. That's the proof that we need. We start from the fact that we believe God's word and we interpret the evidence according to that. When, one of the things that this is opens up and it just makes manifestly clear is just the fact that nobody interprets evidence from a place of neutrality. Right. Exactly. So, so, so no, nobody is this blank slate looking yeah. at the – and so that's one of the weaknesses – I certainly believe that God can use evidences to draw people towards yes. himself, but but the problem is is that we often are assuming people have no prior allegiances. They have no prior yes, right. um, presuppositions. Right. But It's okay to say amen. But, it's okay, Paul. You can say amen on this show. But, but, I, I've got my arms in the air at the moment. <laughs> but, but they do have prior allegiances, and, and the thing is is that evidence is always interpreted, and we interpret that evidence— um, by certain standards of truth. And and if the standard is not God, is not the God of the Bible, is not the Bible, um, then you have some other alien standard, some other God, some other idol. Yep. And that's, I mean, I've, I've been reading a, a book off and on um, by uh, some some Christian um, uh, a scientist uh, professors at a, at a well-known Christian college. I won't say it on air. Uh, maybe I should. I don't know, but they, they, but they're trying to defend an old Earth, um, position. Going yes, through definitely say it on evidence. Yeah. They're, they're, <laughs> they're from Calvin College. Oh, uh, and um, and I'm and I uh, and but I'm noticing as they're even telling the story of how they are claiming many Christians came to embrace an old Earth, um, cosmology. Very, yeah. Um, they uh, th- they're bringing up this evidence, and and all along the way, I keep saying. That's not the only way. You, I mean, I'm not even a scientist. I'm a pastor. But, but I'm like, I'm pretty sure that that evidence, there are other possibilities. They're drawing conclusions. But but I think this goes back to, to the main point here is is that um, everybody starts with a presupposition. They That's start right. with a standard for truth. They don't come to the evidence neutrally. There's no neutrality. Mm. Yeah. Um, the, uh, you know, Jesus says, you're either for me or against me. Yeah. Exactly. And yes. and so that's that's why it fundamentally comes down to the question, will you believe or not? Yeah. One of the one of the things uh, Paul, I'll let you talk real quick. I, I just have to ask you this question before we go because we we've already taken enough time of your time up and I don't want to take any more. Well maybe just a little maybe. bit more. Uh, <laughs> but but I'll talk for as long as you like. Okay. <laughs> well I'll give some examples because when you say only believe, again, people feel like they're believing this. How's that our approach to apologetics is not what we believe about the gospel? So when you look well, at because yeah. people are pointing people towards a false god, you know that many years ago, well, I suppose it's not that many years ago, there was a lot of uh, talk about this uh, atheist in uh, England called Anthony Flew. Do you remember him? All the yeah. talk about him. Yeah. Oh yeah. And uh, of course, he eventually, having written a lot about atheism and being very influential on people like Richard Dawkins and so on, towards the end of his life, Anthony Flew. Uh, decided that uh, there must be a God, and the evidence pointed to a God. <laughs> and uh, so you got a lot of Christians jumping up and down, very excited, saying, look at this man, he now believes in, uh, he believes in some sort of God. Isn't that wonderful? He's sort of on the way towards uh, being saved. Well, he never made any further leap there. But you can't be on the way to being saved. You're either saved or you're not saved. <laughs> and hell will be full of people who believed in a God. 
right. uh, in some sort of a right. supreme being. But that uh, that is irrelevant, really. What does it matter if you're uh, trying to uh, get to heaven yourself, if you sort of uh, stopped when you're an atheist or stopped when you're a theist? It makes no difference. These things are not saving people. You know, Jeremiah 10, we read that the gods who did not make the world will stumble and fall. Um, if you're talking about a God who is not the God of the Bible, then you're not directing people towards the truth. That is not saving faith. And that is what so, what so much classical apologetics is, do, uh, is doing. Yes, some people can um, uh, be saved because, uh, you know, uh, God can do anything. God can use whatever means he likes. People have come to faith in God through all sorts of means, often under the ministry of preachers who, whose theology we might not like. That's right. uh, God is sovereign, and he can do those things, but it doesn't alter the fact that what we should be doing, we have a responsibility before God to get things right, to study his word, and Amen. to teach things that are true. Yeah. Uh, mm. So I don't want to be teaching people and leading people towards a false god even if there's some a chance that they might find the true God in the in the process of that, I, I, my my responsibility is to point people towards the true God who really does exist. Right, mm. and that's uh, that's what we need to be doing. Only believe by Paul Taylor. This is a wonderful example of starting with the God of the Bible and ending with the God of the Bible because that's the only true God. Paul, thanks so much for being with us. Please go check out paultaylor.org. Is it? I think so. Yes. Paul Taylor. Uh, it's mshcreationcenter.org is our main ministry website. Come and visit us in uh, in Washington State. Uh, come and uh, uh, take one of our excursions and uh, see, uh, see where you can actually see the Book of Genesis coming to life. We got to uh, get out there. Uh, yeah, let's do yeah. it. More cross politic when we come back. This is Cy Timbrigenkate with Answer Anyone Apologetics. Somebody comes up to you and says, I don't believe in God. And what do we do? We give them evidence. Look at the complexity of the eye. Look at this paper fragment. Look at these rock layers. And you've studied your rock layers. You wipe the floor with them. What's he going to do? He's going to go home and Google rock layers. You want him to repent and put his trust in Jesus Christ, and he's Googling rock layers. Congratulations. The next day you run into a PhD in geology and he wipes the floor with you. You see, when you do apologetics wrong, you have to be an expert in geology, biology, astrophysics, nuclear chemistry, you name it. You have to be brilliant. The problem is, there's always someone smarter than you. In John 10, 27, Jesus did not say, my sheep hear your really good argument. He said, my sheep hear my voice. In Luke 21, 15, Jesus said, I will give you a mouth and wisdom that none of your adversaries will be able to withstand or contradict. The power of God for salvation is not in your brilliant arguments. As Romans 1.16 tells us, it's in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Apologetics is easy. Read your Bible and do what it says. For more apologetic answers, visit AnswerAnyone.com. That's for you. Oh, that's a, I can bust a beat to that. No, Drop don't, some lines no, no, like, no, you know what? Okay. <laughs> Pray for us, y'all. Bring it in, Toby. Welcome back to Cross Politic. Uh, it's been a hard week, guys. Um, yeah. Another school shooting. Uh, this, this time in Parkland, Florida, high school there. Uh, at this point, 17 reported dead. Yeah. Uh, 15 of those were students. 
Uh, two, I believe, were staff members of the high school. Yeah. Um, and wow, some some beautiful stories that come out of that it, too. Here, here we are again. Yeah. I um, yeah, I saw a story about um, I believe it was the assistant athletic director, uh, football coach, fo- football coach. Fo- yeah, football coach yeah. who uh, who shielded some several young ladies with his body. Security yeah. guard. Did um, it was pretty clear yeah. from one of the interviews I saw that that man was a Christian man. Um, he he okay. said wow. he this one of the interviews said that um, he had uh, I think he had gone through some kind of health problems and he said that the assistant football coach would send me um, Bible verses and encouraging notes while I was recovering in the hospital yeah. uh, and I and I think that you know That's I, cool. I, I think that man was a believer and, and, and I he, believe he's still alive just in real critical condition oh, I, I heard the, I heard that he died but okay. uh, maybe I'm okay. yeah. It's happening. It's yeah, happening. It's, it's a lifetime. It's but, a lifetime. Uh, yeah. Right. Um, yeah. So uh, I think. What do you say? Yeah. Well, I, I think there's um, a couple layers like culturally that we, you know, um, well, actually, let me start here. Um, you guys remember, I don't know if you guys seen the, the movie Nightcrawler, but it's a, it's a really interesting take, I think, on some of the political media um, uh, aspects of what's going on when these events happen. Nightcrawler was basically a movie about a a guy who got into media and and everything he made his money off blood and guts and gore the most goriest stuff he could get yep and then at the end of the movie uh everyone rewarded him for that he ended up having two um vans and two uh different um uh um vans and staff and everything to be able to go out and do and find out more media blood and guts and everything instead of just his own car which was in the past and so what that shows is that we rewarded him not just in the media but the audience us the audience is rewarding that kind of activity we want blood we want guts we want this in our media and so the the media shows up clamors all around this kind of stuff mm. and and then i was watching it you know it was like as soon as this happened there was cameras on the sidewalks trying to interview yeah. passerbyers. Well, trying well, to interview. I mean, one of the one of the unique things about this, I mean, now with the advent of the smartphone, the ubiquity of the smartphone. Yeah. I mean, the students have. I mean, there's there's live there's footage, there's footage of, inside, inside right? of the kids right. filming. Yeah. Um, and, and it's um, but that's different because what is the media doing? Why are they showing up on the sidewalks all of a sudden, right in the middle of this blood and guts when no one else has even processed it? You know yeah. what I'm saying? But I think I mean it's news. It no so. I have no problem with reporting on it. Yeah. I have every problem with what the media and the attention that they're trying to get by it and, and how they're trying to use this as a tool. This is being politicized. Every time something like this happens, it gets politicized. And when it gets politicized, that means people are trying to turn this into some sort of power play. Yeah. But that's, that's what the media is doing. Right. And that's what politicians are doing. It's a power play. Right. And they're, but they're doing this because this is their, this is their religion. Mm. I mean, this, this is their religion. I mean, the, their religion is the state. Yeah. So, so for them, it's it's no different than they're just going to church. Mm. That's what they're doing. They're serving wow. their God. Yeah. Right. So their God is the state. Their their savior is the state. These right. are the government schools. Right. So the government schools were designed intentionally to raise up citizens for the state. Right. Government schools are catechism classes mm-hmm. for, the, for state. the state. That's right. Okay. They're, that's, right. that's what they are. They right. are the discipleship classes of the state. And so, and so the media is showing yeah. up and they're just, they're practicing their religion. Yeah. This is, this is where you go. This is what you, and yes, of course you, you use this to get more power to the state. Yeah. Right. We, right. And so, yeah, absolutely. Another angle on that is, um, we've been sending our kids to public schools for hundred years now, you know, 150 yeah. years and we've been discipling our kids 
And part of what we've been discipling our kids to do is not have a moral compass. Right. And then we're surprised when a kid like this shows up on campus with no moral compass, right. you know, and, and with anger and bitterness and possibly most likely some sort of drug in a system, which has been identification of a lot of these killings. Right. Um, and then we're surprised right. that he lives out his moral um, subjectivity right. in front of all these kids. We, we, we spend, yeah, a dozen years telling kids, okay, you came from a gooey mess. Evolutionary process. Right? You are worthless. You have no meaning. You aren't made in the image of God. In a few years, mm-hmm. you'll be gone, and no one will ever remember you, and your your life means nothing. And at the same time, you need to work really hard and get good grades and make it in this world. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Right? We give you value, but no value. Yeah. You are worth nothing, so you better work hard. Exactly. That's a recipe for people yeah. hating those places. Yeah. Yeah, right. Right? I mean- what kind of insanity, like, you know, this meticulousness of get the grade, you know, get the job, get the girl, get the, you know, get the car, get the house, and it means nothing. Yeah. You mean nothing. Right. I mean, what, of course our kids have anxiety disorders and PTSD and all this, you know, panic attacks. Oh of course gosh. they have emotional yes. problems. Of course they have mental disorders. Mm-hmm. They're, they've been, they've been, they've been catechized. In these insane asylums. Yeah. Did, did I share this? I can't remember if I shared this last show, but in, in 1986, one out of every 400 kids were on some sort of antidepressant or some sort of ADHD, ADHD drug. Yeah. And then now, fast forward, I think the last data was like 2012 or, or 14, and uh, one out of every eight kids. <laughs> we went from yeah. one out of every 400, yeah. basically one from every school to two to every classroom. Next time your kids go to class, two to every classroom yeah. on some sort of antidepressant. Right. Yeah, and, and I think it's and we're I, drugging ourselves. It's not to, an accident. I mean, yep. it's, I mean, it's so tragic, but it's I don't think it's an accident that these shootings are happening at schools. Yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, I I think we are we are training kids up with a certain kind of nihilism and despair. Yeah, and right. hatred. Yeah, and, 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 and we're trying to solve it with drugs. Yeah, and and we don't even know what the drugs are doing. Yeah, I saw a clip of a, a woman with um, on CNN, and she's she's the mother of one of uh, one of the victims. Um, her daughter died, uh, was shot, and and it, it was this, a, a completely heartbreaking clip of this of this woman just sobbing and gasping. And but what she was saying was, President Trump, do something. Wow, yeah. you have to do something. And it's this mother pleading. Yeah, and and as I and as I well, and it, 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 the the camera goes back she finishes and goes back to the female reporter on on site and the the female reporter just lost She's gone. it she lost she, yeah, yeah. it wow. she had no word she tried to and then and, wow. and but i realized as i was watching it like that woman the mother she was praying exactly oh, man exactly she man. was she was praying no yeah. no she would never say i was praying we, we, no, no one no, would no. say nice yeah. prayer yeah but but everybody who's ever been through heartbreak Everybody who's ever lost something dear to them, every believer has cried out to God like that. Yeah. Yeah. God, where are you? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Why why are you not hearing my prayers? Yeah. Please and so presu- do something. God, do something. Do something, <laughs> please, God. Intervene. And presumably yeah. for this poor, heartbroken mother, the highest appeal she could imagine was President Trump. Man. And she's on CNN, so she's got a pretty good shot of being heard. Right. Talk about throwing pebbles in an ocean. My goodness. Yeah. And 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 then and then the it, it pans back. The 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 woman reporter has nothing. She's gasping for words. Has nothing. 
turns and there's a congressman standing right next to her and she says, you know, you say yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and he's trying to overcome his own emotion and and musters out something about Congress not passing bills. There we go. Right? Because but it, he immediately he turned and offered a prayer to the same God. Mhm. Right? Mm-hmm. The, his, his the same savior. Yeah. Right? Yeah. She she looks to Trump, he looks Man. to Congress. The the state is our savior. And and how sad is that? Like every law, man's law fixes nothing. Yeah, man's it, law can no, it cannot stop that thing from happening. Man's law is is what gave us this mess. Exactly. Oh, this, I was going to say it was man. the state. That's right. That gave you what you got. Right. Yeah. Right there. It, it, They're the ones guilty right. of the blood. <laughs> yeah. We're 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 like the the. I was thinking of the prophets of Baal. You know, screaming and cutting ourselves, trying mm. to get Baal mm. to answer. Mm. Right. <laughs> right. Mm. May, where yeah. are you? Right. Yeah. And and you know what. He he didn't hear you when it happened in Aurora, and he didn't hear you after it happened again in Newtown. Yeah, and he's not going to hear you again. That's right, right? Because it's, it's, it's going to happen again. Because because um, the state is not is the false god. The, yeah, the state is an idol that can't save. And and of course, you're also reacting to um, the mantra that our thoughts and prayers to God aren't going to do anything. Right. Right, right, because you know, got cause all these we people, pray, pray to the true God, and then that gets mocked. Right, all the, all the, and 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 they're they're accusing Christians of pious platitudes. That's you all know, you care you about know, is you know, praying to God. Yeah, why don't you know? Why don't you actually do something that would actually help? Why don't you actually yeah. help us pass some legislation? Well, the, what we got going on here though is we have dueling religions. Yeah, right. Mm. Um, they just have a different God. Yeah, and so they think our God is ineffective. They think that our God is powerless. And so when we say when we lit- legitimately pray for the the citizens of parkland florida and the high school there and we pray for this situation we are actually doing something that's right because we're appealing to the god in heaven who sees and hears and acts the god yeah. who raised jesus from the dead yeah yeah and, right? and, well and not just that but we haven't abdicated our responsibility in the fact that we're raising our right. children and teaching them right yeah, but I, was, but, I, I got a question. But they, but they have a different God, right? And their God is the state, and right. so they say what you're doing is worthless and useless. Yeah, it's just a bunch of pious platitudes. Yeah. What we are doing is actually useful. We're going to pass laws. Yeah, and we're going to ban guns, yeah, right. and we're going to do right. background checks, yeah. and we're going to do all this stuff, and right. have, so that we can get people coming in our schools with bombs. Right. Whatever we got right? human devices. But so not, I got, I got a question. All this. Let me. Yeah. Let me um, so the church responds obviously with ministering to those who are hurting. Yeah. Big tragic. I saw a little bit of the memorial on Friday, or one of the memorials on Friday, yeah. and all this. And there were some great Bible verses being read, some great prayers. It was really, it was really cool. Um, but at the same time, the church needs to respond beyond that, right? Because, uh, like, I don't hear anybody talking about um, sin is what is doing this. This this guy, he murdered people. He deserves the death penalty. Right. Sin is what's causing all these problems. All the solutions are either the church is like, we're, hey, we're responding with our prayers, which is great. We're responding with ministering to those who are hurting. Right. And then you got the other side saying, hey, we need laws. We need more laws. But the church needs to also proclaim like the gospel to that to that um, to the murderer to the to the one who's right. who well, did all this. And I think that would draw a lot of clarity there in it. I, I don't know. Yeah, I think we need a go- we need to preach the gospel of the the truth. Right, right. And this goes back to preferences and 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 principles, right? Mm, um, that's right. We, we, ha- we have yeah. a we have a, a, a school system, a government school system that is that is centered. The, the core of the curriculum is be whatever you want to be, dream whatever you want to dream, look deep in your heart, and whatever you prefer. 
whatever your preference is, be that. Wow. Right? Yeah. And, and, yeah. and so yeah. the, the, it's, it's might makes right and the sacred, the sacredness of choice. Yeah. Choose your own adventure, be whatever you want to be. And then yeah. what happens when somebody looks deep inside their heart and says, I want to murder people? Yeah. What will you tell them? Please don't. You have nothing. <laughs> you have nothing. Yeah. Um, and so I think that that's the, so what we need though is we need to say, okay, yes, we, we weep with those who weep. We mourn with those who mourn. We, we proclaim, um, Jesus risen from the dead, um, mm-hmm. to make all things new, to comfort every broken heart. Yeah. Right. And, and then we also need to proclaim, um, that we, we need, nothing can shelter us from this kind of thing, um, apart from the truth of God yeah. and the truth of the way he made the world. We have, we, we have abandoned truth. We've said we will yeah. not have God. We will not have God be our creator, mm-hmm. our maker. And so wh- what are you left with? You're left with nothing. Truth is whatever you make it, whatever you want it to be. Yeah. So, um, but, so what, what our culture is doing or what our, what we're trying to do is we're trying to use that, 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 um, awful situation, the death, the murder, uh, uh, to bind people, to make them less free. When what we need to be doing is taking that that murder, that awful situation, the school shooting, and turning it into that that is sin and that is death, and right. the only way to be yeah. free through that is is through Jesus. Well, and this is why covenant faithfulness matters, you know, and the lack of covenant faithfulness matters. You know, th- one of the things that I've been thinking about through this whole thing is that everybody's concerned all of a sudden with life. Life is extremely important. That's their presupposition that they're coming into this with. And the whole time I've been really trying to take a back seat and observe the situation a little better because when I keep seeing something like this repeat, I keep saying to myself, what, Lord, what are you what are you trying to show what are you trying to teach us right now? Where do we really need to repent of? What are you showing? Uh, where, where are you yeah. showing? What do we need to be on our knees at? And it's like, okay, of course, the whole thing. But do we really think that we can get away with murdering the most innocent people in our culture? For and 40 that, years. And for 40 years, yeah. and that it's not going to spill out somewhere. Mm-hmm. Do we think that we're going to go in, in some way without this being, uh, without this touching us? Right. It doesn't happen. That's not how God's covenant works. Right. When you transgress the covenant, you get curses. You need to go back and read Deuteronomy. <laughs> when you forget God, when you put God in the back, when you won't obey his laws, right, and you won't live covenantly faithful, Christian, this is you, you won't live covenantly faithful to the Lord, this spills out in your culture. Death becomes your culture. Yeah, the, we've created a culture of death. Why wouldn't we expect this? Isn't this? You know what the shocking thing is? It's not that this is happening. It's why isn't it happening more? Right. Yeah. Yeah. This That's is right. the culture we've, we we point. should have way yeah. more. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we yeah. should have way more school shootings. Yeah. We should have way more death right. than we do. Yeah. We should have way more of it because of how uncovenantly faithful we've been with the Lord. Yeah, right. And so the, we're shocked and surprised about the 18 or so that's been happening, whatever they want to call it. It's not true. But that's not the thing. It's like, Lord, Lord, forgive us because we should have more of this the way we've been treating you. Yeah. The way that we've acted just ourselves. Well, we, well, have, we, we have been having more. I mean, 50, 50 million babies. I mean, we have been yeah, having but more. I mean, but that's, you know. Exactly. But yeah. that's in some ways that af- doesn't affect us, and we think that because it's happening over here, over here to them, yeah. and to that over there, it's right. not going to affect us over here. But that's not how covenant works. Right. right. What's done in the dark will come to the light. Yeah, yeah. that's right. When you when somebody transgresses, when Achan transgressed, all of Israel lost the war. Yeah. Yeah. No. And and the Bible describes this as as the the land being cursed. Exactly. I mean, the, the, yes. the land gets cursed, and and that's 
that's just a fact. I don't. You know, I can't do the. Can't do the math. Can't do. I can't. I can't. You know, do a soil test and show you. But it's. But that's what happens. That's, that's what that's, it is. That's what it means. Um, to that that God deals with us covenantally. That that He is. Um, He is our God, and you can't. This is. This goes back to presuppositional thinking. Um, you, you begin with the fact that there is God is God, and you just because you pretend He's not there, you, you don't. He doesn't magically disappear. He's right. there. No, and you're either living mm-hmm. in. Fear of God and, and, and honesty before God, um, accept submission to God and his word and to his Christ, or you're living in defiance of God. That's right. Uh, and you're a covenant breaker. Yeah. And, and, and what happens? Those who break covenant with God are fighting the way God has made the world. They want to be their own gods. They want to be their own lords, their own masters, the masters of their own faith. That's right. And, and you are fighting the way God made the world, and you're asking God. To bless it, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and but what he's gonna yeah, what he's yeah. gonna do is he's gonna he's gonna bust you, right? He's he's gonna he's gonna allow you're asking for him you're asking for him to crush you. If you read your Bible, you know this though, right? And so Christians and if yeah. we're watching the world do this power play and grab for the for legislation, right? Yeah. But we're doing the same thing on the other side, trying to run and grab our guns and protect those. And it's like everybody's doing this power grab, but Christian, you know what the real problem is. You right. know where the real issue is. Don't try and make this a <laughs> power right. play for guns. Make this a power play for the knees. Yeah. To bend the Amen. knee to Jesus. Amen. That's right. what their power right. play for us yeah. is. And don't give them your guns. And don't don't definitely don't give them your guns. <laughs> but the, the, yeah. the you saving your guns is not saving no, no, no. <laughs> the, 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 the problem. The solution's not the NRA. Yeah, if you want to save your not, guns, yeah, point to the right. knees. Point Amen. to the knees. Point to the knees. Point yeah. to pray and point to repentance. Maybe take your gun and point it at your knee. <laughs> you get on well, your knee a little faster. You'll be down there a little longer. But that's the answer. That's the answer how, how do you right. want to get young people in the church revival right yeah repentance well, well you, yeah you just, you just need to keep you need to preach the gospel you, you need to preach the word of god from genesis to revelation and stand there and have a backbone and, yeah. and, and, right just be just stand there and say god made the world in six days yep yep mm. that's right okay mm. and he made man in the image of god male and female that's it there's only one there's man woman that's it that's it that's it and marriage is the is the union the covenantal union of one man one woman that's it for life and you are blessed by god in order to take dominion of this world to make babies baptize them baptize them and bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the lord they don't belong to the state they belong to the lord jesus they bear his image and you're responsible not caesar's image right not washington's image not trump's image they bear the image of god amen right um that's where our allegiance is and that's where that's where god promises to be Amen. Right? When God's people turn to him and say, you're our God, I, I think the one thing that is, is hopeful in all this is that it's only going to get worse. That's right. Oh, man. That's and right. the reason why that's hopeful is that sometimes God in his mercy, um, we finally smell the stench. Yeah. I, I My prayer for that Ooh. woman, I can't remember her name, but I that, that my prayer for that mother on CNN is that she might come to the end of herself, mm. that she might realize that Trump can't help and Man. nobody else in that and office yeah. congress can't help that's right. the supreme court can't help that's they right. can't but jesus can't amen right amen. jesus can we need to repent yeah it's heavy and we need to lead the way we need to show them how to do it yeah. in the church anyway this is i'm done <laughs> love god with all your heart soul mind and strength love your neighbors yourself until next week go fight laugh and feast This is Cross Politics.